0: Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit Church Good morning. We are in part three of a series called Overwhelmed, and we started this off talking about What it is to be overwhelmed, trying to keep all of the plates spinning, trying to live up to all the responsibilities, trying to live up to all the expectations that other people put on our lives, the expectations that we put on ourselves, um, all of the hats that we wear, all of the things that we say yes to, and probably say yes too too often, but what it is to live overwhelmed in that and how we are to, to trust Christ and not live in a mode or attempt to live in a mode that God never called us to attempt and last week we looked at fear and how fear can, can lead us to cower and to be overwhelmed by the things that are coming against us in our lives. And little did we know last Sunday when we were together that we would go through a week where there would be terrible tragedy in our region and we are still in this series of overwhelmed and God brought us to this point together today. And I've been planning on this topic for several weeks now that we're supposed to talk about what it is to be anxious and anxiety and how do we deal with that in our lives. And right now in our world, there's a lot to be anxious about. This week, 24 people lost their lives in the tornadoes that came into the Middle Tennessee region, striking specifically and, and horrifically in the Nashville area and through Donaldson and through Mount Juliet and then Lebanon and then down into Cookville and and terrible, terrible things, and lots of destruction. People lost businesses, people lost their homes, uh, people uh, lost their loved ones, people lost their churches. We've seen churches destroyed and schools destroyed, a whole lot going on. Simultaneously this week, I don't know if you can feel it, but it's just this slow rise of boil concern about the coronavirus. Do you guys feel it? It's just in the air. It's just like, I don't know, I don't think I'm going to buy hand sanitizer, but okay, give me 10. You know, I, it, it's this rising thing and, and anxiety, being anxious is in the air right now. I talked to to um, some family members, my parents who live in Mount Juliet, and just across the freeway from them, there was terrible destruction, just Less than a mile from where they are. And um, they slept through it. And that scared them. That while they were sleeping, terrible things could just happen. No one's promised us tomorrow. There was a couple in Cookville that was found deceased in their bed, asleep. It just struck quickly anxiety is in the air so it is good that we come together and rally around god's word because god has come to set us free from anxiety and fear and being overwhelmed so let's look to him and i want to start us out this morning um, just with a word of prayer together about anxiety Um, lord i am really wanting to be careful in the way that i teach this today i want to encourage your people. I want your word and your spirit to encourage people. But Lord, I also don't want to make, um, make little of or to diminish the real daily burden that people in this room have with anxiety. And I don't want to treat it too small. And I don't want to just be flippant with suggestions or teaching towards solutions. So what I'm asking for this morning, Lord, is for the power of the Holy Spirit to come and to open all of our hearts and our lives and unlock the places where we're locked up and set us free, God. More free than we were when we walked in this room this morning. We thank you for Jesus, who is our hope. We thank you for Jesus, who has died for our sins and satisfied what was owed to you. We thank you, God, that you see us as your children. And when your kids are anxious and worried and distressed, and in fear, you really do care about that. So, God, with all that we have, we lean into you this morning. We climb up into your lap, Father. And we ask you to heal us and touch us and repair us because some of us, we really struggle every single day with this thing called anxiety. But we believe you're bigger. So do a lasting work this morning for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 4. This is a tried and true passage that we need to come to again and again. It's the the letter to the church at Philippi, written by one of the leaders of the early church, the Apostle Paul, his great care and love for them. He helped start this church. He is off under house arrest and in prison and elsewhere, and he's writing this letter back to them. And one of the things that he does toward the end of this letter is to encourage and challenge them. He has a little bit of a buck-up session here uh, at the end with him. In chapter 4, we're going to start in verse um, 6 together. Chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus just a couple of verses, so let's go back and read those again together. Chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. I've talked before and taught frequently of how when Jesus would confront people and he would say to them, fear not, or the angel would say to them, fear not, or he would say, stop fearing. You don't have to fear anymore. You can put down the fear. You don't have to fear. That is not a scolding, it's an invitation to to trade your fear for hope and peace. But this isn't that. This isn't a, hey, you don't have to fear anymore. This is actually a command. This is an instruction from one of the leaders of the church by the Holy Spirit's inspiration because we believe God's word are not just the ideas of men, but they are the very words of eternal God. And the eternal God, the Father, the King of all kings is coming to you and to me this morning. And he's looking us in the eye and he was say- he's saying, stop being anxious. Don't be anxious. It's a command. It's an instruction. Do not be anxious about, what's it say there? What's that word? Anything. Don't you hate how all-inclusive that is? wait a minute, Lord, what about these viruses that come to us from across the sea? Anything. Lord, what about when I close my eyes at night and we turn off the lights and we try to go to sleep and I'm wondering if that thunder outside includes a whirlwind? Anything. What about the rumors I'm hearing about my office about them laying people off? Anything. What about the tryouts that are coming for the play or for the team at school? Anything. What about the fact that I'm staring retirement in the face or my parents are aging and they've got serious issues or my marriage is struggling or I don't know what I'm going to do about X, Y, or Z. Do not be anxious about anything. God has something better for us as a response to the circumstances of this world. And the leader of the church writes to God's people and writes to us, do not be anxious about anything anything but here's an all inclusive again in every situation by prayer and petition so these are the weapons we we fight with against anxiety by prayer And by petition, prayer is is spending time with God, communing with God. It's not just you talking, it's also you listening. It's being still in his presence. It's abiding in him. It's remaining in him. It's being in the scriptures and listening to to the spirit of God speak to your spirit. Prayer are these moments of where you are at rest in the bigness of God. And talking to him about that. Prayer doesn't always have to be formal. It doesn't have to be our Heavenly Father. Then you go through all of His titles. It doesn't have to be some ritualistic, formal thing. It can be as you're driving. Don't close your eyes while you're driving. It can be while you're sitting on the back porch. It can be while you're doing anything. Just be with God and be at rest in His bigness. So Paul says, by prayer and petition, petition is when you are going to one in authority with a request. You're going to one in authority with a request. And we're going to God and you say, you are the God. I am at rest in your bigness. I am small, but you are big. And the things that are on my horizon right now, there's this virus that's coming around. There's death and tragedy around. There's destruction around. There's anxiety about my team, my school, my marriage, my work. There's all these things. Lord, these things are starting to look kind of big and I'm at risk rest in here so now i'm calling out to you oh great god of all gods would you please act in this situation would you for your name's sake accomplish this would you restore and repair and heal and refresh and renew and would you comfort and would you fix god petitioning one in authority who has the power to do something about it so how do we combat anxiety? By prayer and petition, being with God, communing with God at rest in his bigness and specifically asking him. Let it be said of us that we are quick to pray and not quick to be anxious. That our knee-jerk response when the circumstances look threatening, our knee-jerk response is to go to the God who can do something about it. Hello? Paul says, by prayer and by petition, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, this is giving us a sense of the quality of this peace. Not just any old peace, not a temporary peace, not a puny peace, not a small little peace, not a human peace. But the peace of God, God's kind of peace in your heart and in your mind will set up a guard around your heart and on your mind. The peace will surround your heart and your mind. And the reason why anxiety is on the topic today of being overwhelmed is, now we're going internal, because anxiety is an internal battle, isn't it? Anxiety is, is, is this conversation, the dialogue, it's the self-talk, it's the destructive self-talk, the negative self-talk, it's the fear and gloom and doom and, and insignificance and, and un, feeling overwhelmed by you You think that no one else likes you. Anxiety begins to push all of those buttons. It's on the inside. And Paul says that you and I are not to be anxious about anything, but to pray about everything and present our request to God, and then, supernatural. This is why we are people of faith. Something supernatural will happen. The peace of God will set up guard on your heart and on your mind. I put together just a little paraphrase for you here of what this is. Instead of being anxious, you should pray in every situation, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. Why in the world do we need our heart and our mind guarded? I'm so glad you asked. Let's talk about that for a minute. Number one, we need our hearts and our minds guarded because circumstances tempt us to doubt that God is in control. Circumstances tempt us to doubt that God is in control. Listen to Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, The world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, he is in control. And it may be a moment where you're thinking, wow, did did something sneak up on God? Nope, the whole earth is his. There is not a square inch in the universe that is not under the authority of God. There's no place that's in chaos. There's no system that is out of control and unchecked. God is in control right now. You and I need our hearts and mind guarded. We need the inside guarded. We need something to happen on the inside because it's easy for us to be tempted that God's not in control. Second of all, we need our hearts and mind guarded because circumstances tempt us to believe that God really isn't that powerful. Or maybe he he just couldn't stop it. Maybe he couldn't keep this from happening. Nope. He is all powerful. All power is in his hands. And I love what the writer of Hebrews says about Jesus. He says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. When you go and do a language study in there, he is sustaining all things right now. He is holding all things up. He is holding all things together. He is right now capable. And all power is in his word. This isn't just saying that of all the beings out there, God can bench press more than all the others. What this is saying is that all power belongs to him. Like power is his. That's, God would say, that's mine. If there is ever a quantity of power, I own it all. I've got it all. It's mine. We need our hearts and minds guarded We need something to happen on the inside. Otherwise, we'll be tempted to think that the stuff of earth is bigger than the power of God. And anxiety comes when we go, "Uh uh-oh, I think this is not going to turn out good. I think this is awful. I think this is terrible. I think I'm awful. I think I'm terrible. Anxiety comes and creeps in, and it tempts us to think that God really isn't in control. I think this would be a good point to insert a reminder to all of us today that the Bible never promises His people that bad things won't happen. It is not God's will for you to be healthy and wealthy and avoiding difficult things. That is not of the Bible. More often than God helping us avoid tragedy, God meets us in the middle of tragedy. True? So let's be careful that we don't attach the fact that God allowed something to happen with swirling winds and loss of life and loss of property. Let's not attach that to any statement about God's ability. We need our hearts and our minds guarded. Number three, we need our hearts and minds guarded because circumstances tempt us to believe that God doesn't care. Circumstances tempt us to believe that God doesn't care. Well, if God loved me, this wouldn't happen. If God loved me, I wouldn't get this diagnosis. If God loved me, he wouldn't have let this happen to my loved one. If God loved me, he wouldn't have let this happen at my work or happen to me at, at school. If God loved me, if God loved me, if God loved me. We have to be careful that we don't attach our circumstances to God's love for us. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, listen to this. Cast all of your anxiety on him, all inclusive all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Spend time in prayer, be in God's word so that your heart and your mind is guarded with the truth. He really does care about me. God's word reminds me that he cares about me and he invites me to pour out to dump all of my anxiety, all of my fears and worries and discouragements, to pour all that at his feet. God says to us, let me carry that because I can. Let me deal with that because I can. Stop trying to shoulder the things that you cannot change. Give me your burdens. Give me your anxiety. And I've got peace for you. Not promises that everything's going to be okay, that everybody's always going to get well, that that tornadoes won't ever come, that a virus won't come to your house. None of those promises. But what I've got for you is peace. The last reason we need peace Our hearts and minds guarded. Number four is is that circumstances tempt us to believe that all is lost. Boy, it's easy for us to get into the chicken little mode of the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And some of us listen to things on TV and on radio and read things and specifically, you know, post by quote unquote experts on Facebook or wherever you're gonna read stuff and get information. And it's easy to think, oh my gosh, the world is ending. And it dials up the anxiety. And we could be tempted to think that all is lost. And I love this reminder. Listen to what Ephesians 1 verse 11 says. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in accordance with his will. He works out everything according to the purpose of his will, the text says. God is taking all of the good, bad, and ugly of this life and he is involved. And our God can take the tragic and turn it into something beautiful. Our God can take the broken and repair it. He's not sitting back out of control. He's not sitting back uncaring. He's not sitting back saying, gosh, I really can't do all those things that you think I can do. God is unfolding the story of this world according to his purposes. Psalm 139 says, all the days ordained for you and me are written in his book before one of them has come to be. God knows your story and my story, beginning, middle, and end. And what we need to do is... Embrace the peace of God on the inside. Look at what we've just built here in this little list. This is really the foundation of peace. God is in control. God really is powerful over all things. God really does care. All is not lost. God is working everything out in conformity to the purpose of his will. He's making it fit what he wants to accomplish. This is peace in the face of circumstances. And we need that on the inside because that's where the battles begin. I wanna spend just a moment talking about the darkness of anxiety, why this is crucial that you and I get a handle on this. Because some of us struggle with anxiety at different levels. Let me roll through these things with you. Letter A, anxiety is dark because it pulls us out of trust and patient devotion to Jesus. Anxiety gets our eyes on the things that are in front of us, and it pulls us out of patient devotion to Jesus. It pulls us out of trust. It leads us to say, I can't see a way out of this, instead of sitting still in the presence of God, going, Lord, I'm trusting you in your timing and in your plan. Letter B, anxiety is dark because it entangles us in a cycle of worry and self-loathing. It entangles us in a cycle of worry and self-loathing. Let me, let me illustrate what I'm, what I'm talking about there. Y- you begin to worry that you're not a good dad at home. Or you're not a good husband at home. And then you begin to be down on yourself that you're not a good husband at home or a good dad at home. And then all of a sudden you've, you feel like you're timid and weak and all the air's been sucked out of your, your confidence and you're, you're, you're beginning to believe that you're not a good dad or a good husband at home. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, oh my gosh, I feel so embarrassed that I think I'm a bad husband. And a bad father. Now, oh, I'm terrible. I can't believe that that my kids want to be with me or my wife wants to be with me. That's the self-loathing part. And you climb out of that a little bit and you begin to worry about something else. And then you begin to beat yourself up for worrying about it. Why aren't I over this? Why aren't I more confident? Why aren't I more more free and independent? Why do I care so much what other people think? Why do I care about this that, or the other? Why am I still bound up by this? Why am I still in these? It's this cycle of worry and self-loathing. Worry and self-loathing. Why am I worried about this? I know God is able. God has cared for me all of my life. He has always been good. He has always been there. He has always come through. He has always been faithful. Why am I worried? Oh my gosh, I'm terrible for worrying about this. How can I still worry? A cycle. It's dark. It leads you to distrust in God, and then it leads you to to really self-disgust. And you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God, made in His image. And every single one of us in this room has flaws, and we are all a work in progress, amen? But you are not worthless. You are not terrible. You are not a reject. You are not God's least favorite. And when he looks at you, he does not see you as a disappointment. He sees you as his his child who is so often obedient and frequently disobedient. And his love for you never wavers a moment. the only one thinking those kind of worthless thoughts about you is you anxiety is dark let her see it drags us into isolation and dark alleys of destructive thought this idea of It just makes us withdraw. I don't think I'm worth much, so I don't want to offer anything. I don't think I'm worth much, so I'm not going to speak up. I don't think they'd want to be my friend. I don't think they want to talk to me. I'm just going to withdraw. I don't think I'm good at that, so I'm not going to get engaged in that. I don't think I have anything to contribute, so I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to be involved. I'm so afraid they're going to find out that I'm a messed up person on the inside, that I got struggles, so I'm not going to let anybody get close to me. I'm so afraid that people are going to find out that I got lots a struggle, So I'm not going to join a community group. Uh, and, and it turns into this isolation and it just leads us down these dark alleys. I mean, picture that on a street where you're just kind of lured down a dark alley to destructive thoughts of just saying, come on down this alley. Nobody likes you. Nobody wants to be with you. You are not worthless. And suddenly those voices get darker and darker and darker and the whispers get darker and darker and darker. And that's how people end up down a dark alley where they're thinking, why should you just keep on living? No one would miss you if you're gone. People don't go from zero to 100 in that kind of anxiety in a second. They go through daily, monthly, yearly baby steps down this dark alley of dark thoughts And every single person in this room needs to be reminded that you are made in the image of God and the end of your life is not up to you. It's not in your hands. It's in God's hands. And if you have breath in your lungs today, God put that breath there. And if he's given you a day to live, he has a purpose for that day. Hello? Every day you open your eyes and wake up, He has a purpose in that day. And God will decide when you're done. Do not bail. Do not give up. Do not give in to the dark whispers. They are lying to you. They are telling you that you are the sum of your grade point average. They are telling you that you are the worth that's valued in comparison to the other people around you. They are telling you that you have to be something uh, that, that goes along with the image of the world in order for you to qualify as being a meaningful, worthy person. No, you are worthy because you are a child of God. God loves you as you are, and God loves you enough to not keep you as you are. Anxiety is dark because of that dark alley, and don't forget, the first part of this one is you're isolated, so you're listening to these whispers. You're battling these whispers Alone. And they're strong. I've been on the phone with people who have been ready to end their life. And the grip of the lies and those dark whispers is unbelievable. If you struggle a little bit with anxiety, let work with God to deal with that before you get pulled down those dark alleys. Any thought that you don't matter is a lie. Any thought that no one would miss you is a lie. Any thought that you should just take hold of your own end is a lie from hell, and you should run far away from it, and when you have those thoughts, you should disclose those to other people because you do not need to battle those lying whispers alone. Hello? Anxiety. Doesn't stay as little quiet worry. It gets dark in a hurry. Letter D, it invites us to see all of life in terms of how it affects me. Anxiety is one of those things that's so me focused. It's so me focused. Look what's happening to me and I can't believe this happened to me and look how I'm inconvenienced or look how I'm struggling and then look at the other part of that anxiety. What do they think of me? How can I dress today so they'll think this of me? How can I put on these things so they'll think of me in this way today? What will they think? I want them to think well of me. What should I say in this moment so they'll think I am? It's so, so me-focused. And that's not the way of the people of Jesus. Letter E, it sidelines us from the mission of making disciples. Disciples. It sidelines us from the mission of making disciples. When we are wrapped up and entangled in anxiety, we are not looking at people as folks who need hope and compassion and the love of Christ. We are in a mode of saying, how can I leverage this relationship to say something better about me or to make me feel better about me? Or we're withdrawn were isolated in despair. A couple more. Letter F. It glorifies temporary circumstances instead of our eternal God. I was talking to a friend last week and was able to look this friend in the eye and say, you are giving worry and energy to some things that three years from now, you won't even remember we're a part of your life. Some of us are wrapped up in anxiety over things that are temporary. And it's one of the ways that the enemy ensnares us, entraps us. Last one, anxiety is dark because it deceives us into living under the control of what others think of us. That's a rough way to live, where you need other people to approve of you to feel worth something. Or you're not just free to leave your house dressed as you wanna be dressed on a Saturday because you gotta make an impression or do you want people to think X, Y, or Z about you? Anxiety leads us to give up control to other people for our sense of significance. So how do we respond to anxiety? It's really dark. These are times right now between tornadoes and virus and comparison culture sense of insignificance and mental health struggles and suicide rates are crazy, how do we respond? Number one, some of us need a recaptioning of our circumstances. You've seen those things online where there's like, caption this, and they're like, let me come up with something funny, let me come up with something witty, well, your circumstances are going to, and you've captioned it, and the caption you've put on there, the, the world is ending, And anxiety has come because you just, you just need a new caption for your circumstances. Yes, your circumstances are, are, are rough, but let's create a new caption. Uh, think about this for a minute. <laughs> you say to someone, yes, there are 100 guys with knives coming at you right now. But you're in a tank. I don't think a knife is gonna do anything to a tank. What about you? Even a hundred of them—ting, ting, 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 ting nothings gonna happen. And we're looking at it's a hundred guys with knives. Yep, but 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 you're in a tank. And some of us in the room, in our circumstances, we just need somebody to come around us. We just need to have a moment with the Lord. We need to talk to our spouse, talk to our parents, talk to our friends, and let them look us in the eye and go, man, that is a big deal. A hundred guys coming at you, and they have knives, and they look like they're really sharp, but you're in a tank. Oh, you're right. Some of us in our struggles with anxiety, we just need a recaptioning of what's going on right now, a new caption. But number two, some of us need real support and help through a genuine crisis. If you've ever played football, you may have had the experience of having the wind knocked out of you. Years ago, I remember this on the practice field is where it happened for me and we were doing some tackling drills and and the guy put a helmet right in a rough spot right there in the abdomen and just the wind was gone and I couldn't catch my breath and I'm on the ground on my back in, and I'm thinking, is this how I go? Is this the deal? Th- it just happened at football practice. I can't believe it's happened. And, and, like, and you're like, <gasps> you can't get your breath. And coaches are coming around me, and they're talking me through it, and they're lifting up on my torso, trying to catch some breath. Some of you have been through that, that moment, and they're just saying, just take a breath, just take a breath, breathe through your nose. Okay, now, now take a breath. You, I, I needed to be coached out of my circumstances, <laughs> Because I thought I was dying (laughs) and I needed some assistance, legit assistance, some help. Some of us in the room are in a point right now, at a place right now, you're in a set of circumstances right now where you really need some assistance and you need to disclose your circumstances to your community group. You need to get with a friend and take them to coffee or take them to lunch and say, here's what's going on right now and I'm not doing okay. I am. I feel like I'm drowning in this. I feel like I, I can't get a breath. I need some help. People need tangible support in these crises moments. They're not doubting God. They just don't know what their next step is, and they need someone to come alongside of them. That says, "Okay, now breathe through your nose. Here, we're going to lift up on your torso. It's going to be okay. Just relax." Breathe through your nose. We got you. You're going to be okay. It's going to come back in just a second. Hold on. Hold on. I'm I'm right here with you. We need that. And some of you need to hear that this morning because you're the one who feels like the wind has been knocked out of you. And others of you, people around you, are in that mode and you need to step in and help them. And by the way, folks in Tennessee right now are struggling. There's some people needing some help. The wind has been knocked out of them. Let's Take a step beyond, hey, call me if you need something. Let's do for people instead of simply asking them to call us if they need something. They're never going to call. Let's get around them and help them take their next step, find their breath. So, some of us just need a new caption. Some of us need support and help through a genuine crisis. Number three, some of us need an encouraging pep talk. This is what the Bible calls exhortation. Exhortation is when you pour courage into somebody who all the courage is drained out of them. In football terms, sorry, I'm on a football mode today. In football terms, it's the start of the fourth quarter and your team is down by 10, and you're sitting on the bench saying, We've lost. And that's when you go, "Nope. Come on. We got this. There's still time. Let's keep battling together." Come on. Hop up, stand up. Come on. These are the images in the marathon races where someone can't finish that last quarter mile and somebody else puts their arm around them and they help them across that finish line. Some of us in our struggles with anxiety, we need somebody to say, I'm with you, you can do this. Come on, get up. Let's go. We can do this. We can still make this. Let's go. I'm in this with you. Let's do it. It's not over. Your story's not over. The game's not over. Some of us need to have courage poured back into us. And then finally, number four, some of us need assistance from a counselor. Some of us need assistance from a trained professional counselor. Preferably a Christian counselor, to identify the best way to move forward. You want to move forward from consistent anxiety to consistent peace. Some of us need to take that step. So look at those, those four things there. That, that first one is, is you just need somebody to reframe what's going on, to recapture, what's caption what's going on. Another level of, we need some real help and some support. Somebody coming around us, some coaching. Somebody else saying, somebody to come along and help them. Like, literally get involved in their circumstances and help them finish. But then others of us, your anxiety is not just a little pep talk. It's not just a little recaptioning. You need someone who is trained at untangling some of the tangled thoughts. Counseling doesn't mean you're crazy. Counseling is one of the wisest, best self-care steps you can take when you sit down with somebody else who knows the way out of the maze. Some of you need to go to a family member or to a parent and say, you know what, I think I'd like to sit down with somebody and talk about the inside struggles going on in me. take that step of dealing with anxiety coronavirus (sighs) we'll take it week to week I'm not a physician the virus isn't all that super scary, powerful in terms of it steamrolling across. The problem is our connectedness. We're around each other all the time. We travel, we're in spaces with each other because we're people and we like to get out of our houses from time to time. I don't know what's going to happen with all this. But this is an opportunity, friends, for us to not... Panic, but to demonstrate hope. Our church is going to be mindful of what's going on. Right now, there's no reported cases of coronavirus in Rutherford County. We're going to monitor and maintain all those things. And if there are some cases, when there are some cases, we're going to roll with it. We're going to trust God in it. We're not going to panic. We're not going to let the circumstances dictate our outcome. We're going to trust God through it all. These tornadoes that have come through, these are opportunities to love and serve. I hope you and your family will get involved. Hands on Nashville is a website, hon.org. I'm going to send all this stuff through an email this week. Hands-On Nashville is the best place to find out how you can go and give a couple of hours. Go give a few hours. And these next two weeks are actually going to be some critical times. Some really important times. They're, they're going to be important because that first surge of, of help and volunteers are going to fade back a little bit. As a matter of fact, they've had so many volunteers, they've had to, be, they've had to turn people away a little bit because the volunteers were creating a traffic problem. But let's get in there. Let's go give some hours. Let's go take hope to some people whose nightmare is going on right now. Let's be involved. Hands on Nashville, H-O-N.org. These are opportunities in front of us. Paul said, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, pray and make petitions to God and then something supernatural will happen, the peace of God will come and surround and guard your heart and mind. God can make a difference in the inner battle of anxiety in your life. And I don't know if yours is small and just needs a new caption, or if yours is raging and needs a counselor. God can make a difference in all of it. This is our hope. Paul says, the response is to pray. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you guys to rearrange your stuff and your chairs and to get into groups of about six or eight people. If you don't like to pray out loud, no one's going to ask you to pray out loud. There's zero expectation for you to pray out loud, any of those things. But Welcome to people of hope. We're gonna to try to do what the Bible said and we're not just gonna say, hey, we should pray. We're gonna pray. We're gonna spend some time this morning praying together and going to the one who cares, going to the one who can do something about this. I've got some stuff that are gonna be on the screen for you and this is gonna stay up during this entire prayer time, but we're gonna pray for people in the grip of anxiety. They're all around us right now, different levels of a grip of anxiety. We're going to pray for the tornado victims and the first responders in Nashville, Mount Juliet, and Cookville. We're going to pray for specific churches. One of my former students is the kids minister at Church of the City East Nashville, and uh, they're dealing with a lot of destruction there and helping families and working in those neighborhoods. This is a picture of a a different church. That is St. John's Lutheran Church in um, uh, Donaldson. And Sam, did I see you here? This is Sam Crow, one of our college students. This is his home church. Um, and uh, Sam, I'm so glad you're here this week. Your spring break's starting, but glad you're with us this morning. But uh, we need to pray for St. John's Lutheran Church. Right now, that's what they're facing uh, and dealing with and how to go forward. And i uh, been talking to Sam and he's going to find out maybe there's a way POH can go and help them specifically. We'd love to serve Sam's family and uh, Sam's church if there's a way. But... Let's pray for College Sides Church of Christ in uh, Cookville. Um, Their youth pastor's four-year-old daughter was killed in the tornado. And their church is reeling and struggling from multiple losses in that that church, in that community. Let's pray about the coronavirus. Let's pray a halt to the spread. Pray for our global, national, and state health, health officials. And let's pray for peace over panic. Can we pray together, POH? Hello? Can we pray together this morning? I'd love it if you would just um, move your chairs, get around. And this is an important detail. I'd like some adults to go and mix in with some of the younger people and the students so that we can have some generations hearing each other pray uh, today. So you have 23 seconds to get in these groups. uh, And then you start praying and we'll come back and sing it to finish in a moment. Go.